Hello everyone, this is uh, Gay Bros Go To Dive Bars to talk about cinema. <laughs> Today we are here at The Eagle in San Francisco and I'm here with my good friend Blake. How are you doing Blake? I'm doing well, how are you Jose? I'm really good, thank you Blake. And I'm Jose. Today we're going to be talking about Little Children. That is the movie that Blake actually smartly selected last week. So what do you think about it? So, are you ready for the first 10 out of 10 rating in our spreadsheet? A 10 out of 10? Are you sure? I think that is not no, the no, first no. one. Are you saying that it's that good as La Ventura? Uh, it's an Antonioni oh, film level? Did I give that a 10? You did a 10. You said that it was like the only perfect film that exists. No, no, no. <laughs> well, not the perfect you, say, you say that that's the definition of a perfect film. <laughs> Uh, so I had seen it before, so why don't you tell me what you thought? Yep, I mean I have to say that I overall really liked it. I was like, really surprised, I felt, I don't know, astonished that I had never heard too much about it. I think right? It's, it's fucking good! No, it's really good. I mean, the script is amazing, it's like, really smartly written, it reminds me a bit of, uh, I mean, the same kind of thematic of uh, American Beauty. From the perspective, it's another suburban drama where terrible stuff happens, but this movie doesn't take itself as serious and it has a bit more of a clear message. A whimsy. Yeah. A whimsy. It's whimsical. It's more whimsical. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, but I like it. I the only... I mean, I love uh, King Whistler as well. That's like a really, really good job. As a suburban mother. Because she has like way more subtlety than Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, I think that he was probably not the best cast. I feel like her nipple should get a best supporting actor. Yeah, the support is <laughs> the character completely. That support because was amazing. didn't have a lot of lines, but man... When yeah, they, when they were on the screen, they were like just really captivating. Yep, yep. They were, they were captivating absolutely everything. So uh, I would say... And that I like it, but I like it, as I was telling you, about not taking itself completely serious, how they were actually just mixing up the absurd comedy of the situations, like the crash that the uh, husband, Kate, Kate Winslet's husband has on that porn celebrity. Oh, I love those scenes. I love them. I, the, the voiceover narration? Yeah. Holy fuck. Actually, the voiceover narration made me think about two movies. Well, actually, there were three, but it's like a Dogville and Mandeville, that they had the same kind of narration about like I'm going to be evaluating this society for what they are doing. Wait, I'm going to, they had a voiceover? Yeah, they did. It was exactly the same, uh, the same format as Dogville. I mean, it was the sequel. And I think that it's even the same voice actor, I think. But, <laughs> and uh, the other one that I was thinking about, it was Carell. Because it's the latest oh, one that we you, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but that had a narration. Don't you cannot you cannot discuss the fact. That's a reality. So did you recognize the narrator's voice? Who was he? I think that I read it earlier, but I it's a later, fairly it's famous voiceover narrator for PBS documentaries, I believe. The Dana Timber? No, that's from BBC. No, 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 no. It's a, I think it's from PBS. Okay. I, I read something, but I definitely recognize his voice as this like, very the word like matter of fact narration when the yes, things she was saying were fucking hilarious yeah I think that it's like similar on that sense to uh, Arrested Development that sometimes the funniest part is actually the narrator you know how he actually just reflects on okay what is happening makes no sense or they are all lying and they are just pretending to just be 
upstanding citizens. That's sometimes what it happens in this movie. As I told you, it's like I love the scenes at the beginning when she's like, I give you five bucks and you get his phone number. And when she goes to talk, everyone is like, oh my gosh, she's going, she's doing it. And when she just sort of just kisses her, it's like they're sort of like just taking the kiss. I'm like, holy shit, what sample are you giving to the kids? <laughs> when they kiss and you can hear someone say, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the blonde mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, there were so many good scenes that stood out, and the, the entire storyline with Jackie Earl, the guy from Watchmen, Jackie Earl Haley, I think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also nominated. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that so guy is, that well is so well casted. And that amazing. scene at the pool is yeah. one of the best directed scenes that yeah. I can think of recently. It was just... Yeah, I have yeah. to say that the impact about when he remains completely by himself in the pool and there are like hundreds of people surrounding it, you know, about, okay, we are not living away, we are not running away. It's like we want you to just see humiliated because of what you did, you know? Is that there is, it reminds me, you, you remember that we were talking about Itonia a couple of years ago when it came out and I said, like, it's a good movie, but I think that it would have made significantly more for doing a critique about the American dream or, you know, like the American expectations of their stars, you know, and how they project that into other people. I think that this movie succeeds on doing that a bit more. It's not only about the story of the affair between Kate Whistler and uh, Patrick Wilson. It's a bit more about just presenting what is the reality of the suburban life and how destructive this movie it is, you know? It's like, I, I mean, we're going to be like just spoiling the whole thing, but it's like, I, at the end, I was thinking, okay, they read Madame Bovary, and she actually says that, well, she's a revolutionary, she actually fights to just try to change his life. And there is this kind of uh, parallelism with what she's doing, is that she's unhappy in his life, in her life, sorry, and she tries to find a way out. She thinks that that's what she wants. It's not, and it almost destroys her. Exactly. You know, it's like at the end, but it's like, is it, is it not, or is it a bit more like, okay, I'm going to be like just bending over, you know, and just accepting that this is the reality that I have, and there is no way for us to change. I'm not going to be like getting something better, kidnapping my daughter, and just running away with this terrible human being, terrible human being, like this, this other person. Let's just leave it there. Who also is just yeah. messed up his heart. Exactly. And what the question is basically is like I am trying to just reconnect with my younger version of myself. I'm going to be skating. I'm going to be like playing football. I'm going to be like just ignoring all my responsibilities. Being a little child. Being a little child, yeah. Oh, they're both of them little children. <laughs> but that's the part. Is like I, I was thinking from that perspective. And I also was thinking about the third story there, or, or second, you know, you actually connect the Patrick Wilson and the Kate Wilson story, just a single one, that is the, uh, the other guy that you mentioned right now, like the child molester, and it's like the other story there, it's a bit more like he ends up frustrating himself, because he actually thinks like, this is what I have to do for actually just fitting in this society, is this the only way out? But to convince other people. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's like, if this was a top solo movie, is that we all Almost celebrated <laughs> character, but it's a bit, oh, normalized. Yeah, even normalized, you know. But it's like in this movie, it's a bit more about this is the reality, the suburban reality. It's like you don't have a place here. The only place for you to actually, you know, the only way for you to actually fit into this reality that you're in is actually just 
is bending over as the other characters are doing it, that you cannot keep your childhood, you know, dreams because you're no longer a person. There is no point for you to try to pursue it. You have to just bend over about like what is the reality you have right now. He said, for Kate Weasley, is that you're just a kid in-house mom that no one really cares about. Is that you're going to be like living a life that is extremely comfortable, but it's not going to be fulfilling. But you have to just accept what you have. Yeah, but I feel like when you say she's just a mom, I mean, she was successful academically, she was super smart, she just kind of got yeah, but convinced she dropped this everything. is a life she should want, yeah. and then she was like, no, I don't want this. You see, doesn't want that, but at the same time, she doesn't try to look for a way out that makes sense. There is no scene where she's actually talking with her husband, saying, like, look, I want to just go back to my academic life, I want to be a teacher, I want to be like whatever, you know, or just write a sense There were no scenes with her husband where he wasn't masturbating, so... That's true, that's true, but they were good in any case, it was that he was masturbating. What was this, Slutty K? Yeah, it was something, Naughty K. Naughty K? yeah. Every time the narrator started talking about her, I was like, this is amazing. He could actually just read that. She's become a problem for him. Yeah, he could actually read it with that straight face, like completely serious, you know, narrating about like, and we can see the gazelle running in front of the lioness. He said, and Naughty Key sent him the underworld that he used to masturbate to. It's amazing. So much I identified with in that. But yeah, no, I like it, and I thought I really surprised. I didn't check. Oh, it's a who won because she was nominated to a best actress. Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet was nominated. Was the screenplay? The screenplay, yeah, and the and the best supporting actor for the child molester. Oh yeah, yeah. He came out of retirement for like thirty years of no acting for that movie. For that movie? Wow. Okay. And then yes, he did a couple other things like Blades of Glory after that. And what? And oh yeah, and Watchmen. <laughs> Which I guess not. Um, so this is years ago, but I read that the twelve years, thirteen years ago. Yeah. So I, the first time I saw, I think it was in the theaters, and then apparently the, the script. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't this like a narrated movie? Uh, Little Children. Yeah. Yeah. And did they let you to go in? To a narrated movie in 2007? <laughs> I am almost 40. Well, almost 40, yeah. That's <laughs> true. Sure. No, 31. He's considered that, but sure. So there's a lot taken from Anna Karenina. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Okay, so the train motif throughout, that's taken directly from Anna Karenina. Huh. And the dissatisfaction with the life and all this thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, but it's been 200 years and you haven't read it. Yeah, that's Anna true. Karenina kills herself at the end, oh. like throwing herself in front of a train. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Do you know what he's discussed about Anna Karenina once, like some time ago? I had the feeling, or I watched a movie in the one that they actually discussed. Well, the same guy who did Atonement did the modern adaptation, the stage adaptation of Anna Karenina. Okay. God, what is his name? I love it so much. Yeah, that's him, really. So you probably got the gist of it from that movie. <laughs> from uh, a tournament. <laughs> but it's interesting because I always pay attention to the, the sound of the trains throughout, and you just see it's just chronic dissatisfaction, and there's like no real morals or but, values. Yeah, but there is no real reason for them to be like fully dissatisfied because they have a way of actually improving things. I mean, Patrick Wilson is married with a 
extremely, extremely accomplished woman, but really he's hot. The what? He's not in love with her, and Kate Winslet's not in love with her husband. What they're looking for is authenticity, and they can't find it in their own marriages, so they find something that's authentic outside of it. Do you think that it's like really authentic, or is more like just a consolation prize? It's a bit more like, okay, I need to just run away of this, you know, and this guy is hot, this woman is hot, it's like this, you know? So let me clarify. I read the book by Tom Perona. <laughs> okay, okay. And Kate Winslet's character is supposed to be fat and ugly. No way. Yes. That's the whole thing, is that she's very unattractive. She has a unibrow. They talk about that. And so that doesn't come across in the movie when it really was kind of the point. Yeah, no, certainly when I was looking at those nipples and I couldn't like, just look away, it was like pretty clear, like, no, this was not casted in a way of saying, like, okay, whistling is ugly. I mean, they kind of made an attempt to make her look frumpy, but... It is not no, the way. No, but one thing. No, one thing is grumpy. One thing is grumpy. No, frumpy. Frumpy just means like they don't have themselves put together. They don't dress well. They don't like take care of themselves. We see her naked. Well, yes, but she also has very ugly clothing on very often. Sure, but that's the reason why she buys the she buys the the swimsuit. I guess. Yeah. Or just trying to look a bit more appealing. So when you say, is this just two attractive people finding each other? No, it was her finding all these things she wanted passion she wanted to feel attractive which she didn't to her husband okay no sir and i do think well i don't know do i think there were genuine feelings no, maybe I not. I don't think that they were like completely genuine because actually when the guy, Patrick Wilson has the accident, I don't know in the book, but it's like at least in the movie, when he has the accident, yeah. is that the first thing that he actually says, like, call my wife. Is he doesn't think about, like, hey, I have this woman that is waiting for me for just taking off or anything like that. It's like, I'm out. I'm just out. I'm just going by. It's like, I actually can be happy, quote unquote, you know? And she kind of, like, she went to the park, which is farther than he went, yeah. but she kind of bailed pretty quickly, too. Or did she have a choice? No, she had a choice. I mean, I think they, like, basically was he went to talk with the child molester, and it's when the daughter, like, basically at the speed of sound disappeared, you know? And it's when she finally started, like, just freaking out. He's like, what am I doing? I was very really confused by that, because the child molester was there, dickless, in front of her. Like, he, the danger wasn't dangerous. <laughs> well, I mean, she didn't know that he was dickless. Oh, yeah. They don't discover it until later, you know? So they, they all just kind of come to their senses. They wake up from, my love is a fever. Did oh, you... Okay. Did you? So he's flipping through the book when he finds the picture of himself. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my love is a fever. fever. Yeah. Which is fever something that you come out yeah, of. Yeah, it's like an and they both just kind of yeah. woke up and they're like, well. No, that's true. Go yeah, that's true. Yeah. Pretty, pretty poetic. Yeah. Well, good job. Good <laughs> job, Blake. Here you go. One star for you. Uh, but no, I, I felt like, so I felt like it, it didn't age very well. It didn't? Well, it's only 11 years old, and there were things about it that, like, okay, this dates it a little bit. The I themes and stuff were not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they didn't have a smartphone. Sure. What else? Like, for instance, I felt like the attitudes and the conversation of the bitchy moms in the park, that, that wouldn't fly today. It's, it's too cheap. It, it well, reduces true. them to these very... Sure, but it's like, I think that the movie tries to do that. I think, I don't know the original word, but it's like, I think that it tries to be a bit more of a cliche... No, I mean, it's not bad, but we talk about movies that are timeless. Sure. And never feel dated. I feel like this one, this is probably going to feel dated. Do you think think that if we were to watch uh, American Beauty that is also around those years, maybe like even before that, 2006? American Beauty feels a little bit dated to me. If it's dated? Okay, yeah, having watched it in 10 years at least. Yeah, No, I love it too, but it has been like at least 10 years, and I don't know if it actually is well or not. And this is a kind 
I don't know if I fully agree with that because I just found it like stereotypes. Like, okay, we're going to be like doing like very exaggerated characters, but that's the point of actually just making characters that they have accepted this kind of life and they are as happy as it gets on this kind of life. And then we have a character that is like, it's not like that. It's not like that. So from that perspective, but you have that kind of contrast. I didn't feel like Katie Whistler and Patrick Whistler were so exaggerated. I felt like they were a bit more reasonable depicted. It's more like just background noise. Basically, look, this is the reality, this is the norm. These characters are outside of the norm. Those characters are actually have like a deeper feelings that they are like just trapping a life that they never expected for themselves. And there, there were so many good individual scenes that I was like, wow, that was like really well directed. Yeah. like the swimming pool, what is when they're having sex in the laundry in the laundry? When the sex offender jerks off on it. Oh, holy shit, that scene is amazing. That was intense. Don't look at me, don't look at me. If you call me out, I go find you. When he's playing football and she's like his girlfriend in the stands cheering, and they're like, this could not be. We get it, they're high school students. Yep, yep, that's But it was still so well done, and she was so enthusiastic. I really love this movie. I told you for years. I claimed it as my favorite movie until I realized how stupid this was. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that it's stupid? It's stupid to claim a favorite movie. I mean, okay. There's so much out there. There's sure, sure, sure. That's, that's completely fair. But at the same time, you say, this is a movie that you like. Would you consider like one of your favorite movies? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've seen okay. this movie probably 15 times. Oh, okay. That's impressive. So you know like lines of dialogue, like when they're having sex, for example? So I hadn't seen it in at least 10 years at this point, but back then, yeah, I knew every line. I knew every voiceover narration. And okay, that's impressive. Yeah. And particularly, it was funny because when I watched it this time, I knew all of Lucy's lines, all of them. And I was like, <laughs> why did Lucy's lines stick with me? Oh, and then when he says beauty is overrated. Yeah... That happens in the book. Yeah, but at that point, yeah, it makes sense. She's like devastated because he basically said, You're not beautiful, and my wife is. Yeah. So there are all these moments that are very impactful while being very subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, I was thinking, Okay, well, yeah, the wife is. What is the name? Jennifer Connolly. Your wife is Jennifer Connolly. He's like, Yeah, she's a hot woman. I love both of them, Kate Winslet and Jennifer Connolly. And Patrick Wilson. (laughs) Well, he's to the front of the line. (laughs) That's the first one. I paused several times. Uh, but it's like at that point you're like okay you know it's like you're just asking him about your wife and like, okay yeah your wife is going to be home but it's like you're okay, Whistler you're not I mean if you were Yuma Thurman you know I could actually say like, okay yeah you put like some weird makeup maybe people are going to think that you're not that hot <laughs> but come on come on this is like yeah, that was a little frustrating because I felt like that was an important part of the book and yeah. it didn't like yeah, she doesn't look like Jennifer Connelly, but she's still a beautiful, like yep. beautiful woman, and she had sex appeal in that movie, and she's not supposed to have the character's not supposed to have sex appeal. Okay, no, that's a pity. So, do you think that this movie would have been better if they had casted, I don't know, like uh, Melissa McCarthy? No, I think the movie is perfect. I'm just saying it doesn't <laughs> match the book. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's an important distinction. All right. So, uh, what score would you give it? Nine. Nine? Okay. I would give it an eight. I would want to look at our spreadsheet to be sure this isn't crazy. No, 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 that's, that's, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, but like just for completing the recording. It's not uh, but yeah, it, it holds up. I'm proud that that was my favorite movie in my 20s. No, that's, that's a good movie. It proves I have exceptional taste and you shouldn't doubt me. 
<laughs> we're not going to be like going that far, but you know, sure, that's a good movie. I was impressed by it, you know. I was thinking that it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be like one of those crazy things that like says that it's good and then it's not, you know, but it was decent. It was decent. It was a good movie. All right. Okay, cool. Well, this was it. Until next first. week. Until next week, hopefully. <laughs> See ya.